Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans for fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Hello and welcome back, Brewer fans, to another edition of the Brew Crew Review Podcast. This is podcast number 112. This is your host, Vince Trovato, joined on the set tonight by the great man himself, Mr. Scott Bartell. Scott, how are you tonight? Uh, doing pretty good. We're taping this one a little bit late, but um, yeah, we got to get this timely content out to our fans as quick as possible. Are our fans uh, keeping you up past your bedtime, Scott? Um, not yet, but by the time we record this and it gets edited and posted everywhere, then yeah, a little bit, but you know, it's, it's a small price to pay for the uh, great brewer fans all over this uh, nation state of Wisconsin and yep. city of Milwaukee and West Dallas, of course. West Dallas mostly, but uh, yeah, well, your interns will have the late night with their editing skills, but uh, are we joined on the set tonight by uh, Chad or Craig? Do we have both of those guys you, you reached out to them earlier today? Uh, it does not appear so. I know this is a school night for Chad, so that's um, probably out the window for him. And then a, um, yeah. also a work night for Craig. So I think they, um, they're not going to be able to burn the midnight oil with us tonight. Doesn't Chad spend his work nights at the Drunk Uncle in uh, West Dallas, Wisconsin? Um, Isn't that where he grades the papers of uh, the kids that he's teaching for the next generation? America's youth are being trained by a guy at the Drunk Uncle. Yeah, but he is grading the papers. I mean, it's not like he's letting <laughs> other people grade them at the bar or anything like that. <laughs> I mean, there is Barfly Mike. I mean, shout out to Barfly, by the way, but... Uh, well, Barfly, Barfly is definitely qualified yeah, to grade taking, papers. Taking so. a pen to those. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I'm sure he is. All right, well, Scott, let's get right into it. Brewers, uh, unfortunately, are falling a bit out of contention here uh, as we get into September. Um, we lost the series of the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, a rough one, unfortunately. Um, did come back to split a brief two-game series with the uh, Houston Astros in Milwaukee. Um, why don't we go through the week a little bit, Scott? What are you? Uh, what are your thoughts on, on both the Cardinals series and the Astros series? Uh, the Cardinals series was definitely disappointing. I mean, um, it, it's just you could really tell that like lately we're really starting to miss like the bats of Mustakas and here in that order because we're just not getting the runs. The only good news is our pitching uh, has, if I wouldn't say carried us, but like they've held their own, so they haven't. They haven't completely blown it for us, so that's that's kind of a good thing. Yep, uh, that's that's true. Um, and and I guess you kind of spoiler alert, but you but you uh, hinted at us missing a couple guys. Do you want to give the breaking news uh, now, a few days old, to our audience about Keston Hira's injury, and maybe give a little update as to where Keston's at? <laughs> um, I could try. Um... Yeah, let me see what's going on with that. And then also, um, I guess, sandwiched between those two series he talked about, uh, we were able to take two or three from the Cubs. So if there's any positive, um, that would be it. I mean, obviously, the Cardinals are starting to gain a, a little bit of distance on, on us in the division, uh, but the Cubs are the next closest for uh, looking at that wild card. So I guess it's good that we got two or three from them. And splitting with Houston, I mean, that's such a good team. Um, I'm kind of okay with the split. But, um, yeah, I'll look up the most recent um, injury updates. Um, Moustakas, last I heard, I thought he was day-to-day. Hira, um, 
I'm hoping that he was going to be back within a week, but I'm not. Let me see if we have any up-to-date uh, ramblings anywhere or anything like that to see if there's anything new. Yeah, I believe checking, that's where we're at. Checking with our, yeah, checking with our colleague Tom Hondercourt. Um, but I think, well, he won't know. But um, yeah, was Keston, like, I think uh, you know, any any other time of the year, I think that Keston is placed on the disabled list. I don't know that he technically was right now, only because with the rosters expanding to 40 guys on September 1st, the Brewers had a little wiggle room to, you know, keep him off of the disabled list just in case he is able to come back prior to that 10 days. So you might get him a game or two sooner, but um, you know, that's not a guarantee either. I, I think just again, because we have that extra roster space with the rosters expanding, we can, you can, you can afford to keep him off for right now. So Moussakis was obviously out, but I guess at the time of this taping now, he is actually back to the starting lineup. So I guess we should say that. Yeah. Obviously missed him over the course of the last week. Um, yep. I'm just looking to see if there's anything new about Hira, but um, it doesn't look like it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that we've heard anything the last few days. Um, so, you know, the Brewers, I mean, to kind of analyze the situation right now, um, Scott, the Brewers are finding themselves up against a very hot St. Louis Cardinals team. Um, right now in the National League Central, uh, we are officially seven games back of St. Louis. And, um, you know, it's it's past September 1st. I think it would take a minor miracle to come back and win the division. And not only do we have the Cardinals that we're chasing, but we've got the Cubs ahead of us as well. They're 3.5 games back uh, as of this taping. So, um, you know, a little bit better in the wild card situation. It's not a completely lost cause. We're three and a half games back. Um, again, I think the problem comes down to the fact that there's a lot of teams ahead of us. So if the season were to end today, Washington and Chicago would be the wild card winners with Philadelphia and Arizona um, ahead of us at this point. I shouldn't say ahead of us. Arizona and, I, and the Brewers are tied, but the Phillies are ahead of the Brewers um, at this point. Yeah, and that's obviously really the problem of you know, when you go from trying to win a division to looking up at a second wild card spot, I mean, now instead of just battling between the Cardinals and Cubs, you're battling with like five or six other teams. So that's what makes it really difficult. You have to really earn it now. I mean, you can't just hope that one of these other teams is going to, you know, fall flat on their face and, and stuff like that can happen. But five or six teams, no, like you got to you gotta go out and earn it. You got to go on a run. Um, by the way, incidentally, Kesson here is um, expected to return uh, at the earliest middle of September. Um, it's a grade two uh, hamstring strain, so it's going to be um, a little bit longer than originally thought. Yeah, and that's really unfortunate to lose your not only your starting second baseman, but the guy who's been so good for us this year um, in, in casting. So that's a big bat that we lose um, at this point. I, you know, maybe, maybe now is a good time here in the show to to summarize some of our moves and our transactions, the Brewers, like many teams in Major League Baseball, took advantage of the fact that rosters can expand to 40 guys on, on September 1st and did make a number of moves um, here in the last few days. Do you want to recap uh, the, the, the Brewers' transactions here in the last uh, four or five days, and we can we can discuss them after you um, after you go through them a bit? Um, I will try. It, it is a long list, but I'll start with this. On the 31st, we brought up uh, – Ben Gamble and Travis Shaw. And um, Travis Shaw is going to have, I guess, another chance of redemption with uh, this injury to here. I mean, if you imagine if he gets like white hot right now um, and, you know, is able to carry this team a little bit, all of a sudden, like he might redeem for months and months of, of overall inability this year. I mean, 
that goes a long way. So Brewer fans might be willing to forgive him if he's able to uh, come out now yeah. and really start hitting. There, there is a track record with that, too. Last year, Corey Snabel, he really struggled. People forget that. But he really struggled for the first several months of the year. He battled an injury um, last season as well. And then all of a sudden, he was just dominant when he came back to the Brewers. And uh, I think it was mid-August last year when Snabel got called back up and just utterly dominant in September. Um, and then pitch well in the playoffs for Milwaukee as well. So it, there is a track record for what you're talking about. Yeah, if you were looking at guys last year that um, didn't do very much, I guess, compared to what they did in the playoffs, then um, it would definitely be on that list. I would also throw in, well, Arcia. Uh, he, he had a pretty good playoff run. And uh, Woodruff, obviously, he did a really good job, too. Um, Woodruff was kind of long toward the end of the season, but um, I don't think anyone expected him to be the dominant player that he was in the playoffs. No, definitely not. Um, no, so that's an interesting point. Um, we should point out that as of the taping, Travis has not stepped it up so far yet in September. Uh, had, a, had a rough at bat in a very crucial clutch situation against the Astros yesterday that – Unfortunately, he did not deliver on uh, in game one of that series. So we're hopeful that uh, that Travis can turn it around a little bit. Um, as our viewers know from social media, we had a chance to visit with him or talk to him a little bit down in San Antonio during the last week of his minor league uh, stint this season. And so, um, you know, we're all rooting for him. But he really has had a rough 2019. I think he's going to be the biggest – one of the biggest question marks that the Brewers have going into the offseason is going to be, you know, what do we have with Travis Shaw? Do we have to resign – you know, Mike Moustakas, do we make a play for another third baseman? Do we try to roll with Travis Shaw and just kind of think he had a bad season after having, you know, 30-plus home runs in two years prior to 2019? Um, but I do think that, you know, no matter what happens here in September, it's going to raise a lot of questions this offseason for the Brewers. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think you can, after a season as bad as this was, it's hard for me to say, but I don't think there's any way that you can pencil him in as a starter. Um, it's just – there's just no way. So I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, but let's maybe get to some of the good news. Uh, a couple uh, players uh, that we get to welcome back in uh, Jimmy Nelson and Brent Suter, uh, much awaited return. Yeah. And, and great to see a guy like Brent. He, you know, you, you can, you can kind of say what you will about clubhouse, you know, uh, dynamics and, and character on a team compared to, talent but Suter I think is a talented pitcher and I think that he's you know gotten results in the past but for a guy of his caliber to to be as beloved as he is by Brewer fans really tells you something and I um, again had a chance to talk with him a little bit down in San Antonio a week or so ago and it couldn't have been nicer and we've seen him on some of the commercials that the Brewers have done and we've seen him you know very active in the community and, and and kind of just this presence around the team and I think that there was a dynamic that was missing this season partially because of his injury and his being out so um, I just think that maybe there's a, a you know something to an injury like that that really takes away some momentum from a season so if if Suter's able to come back I hope they can pitch you know halfway decently he had a I would say a, a pretty good outing yesterday in his first game back uh, from injury here in, in 2019 they give up one home run um, to a very tough Houston lineup, but it, it really wasn't a bad pitch, actually, that the guy hit out. But um, looked pretty good other than that. And it was great to see the fans react the way that they did when Suter um, both entered the game and came off the mound uh, in, in Milwaukee. 
Yeah, um, Ben Suter, before he got injured anyway, was the quintessential, like, I will be a very good pitcher the first two times through the order and then the third time through the order. Um, obviously, there's, you know, everybody talks about how pitchers get hit hard, typically the third time through the order. Uh, but that could not be more true than for Ben Suter. He was hit hardest of almost any pitcher in the league um, for the two years mm-hmm. prior. But having said that, um, that makes him being on the Brewers, that uh, that's a great fit because, I mean, we were so used to, you know, saying like, hey, give us five innings. That's it. That's all we need. And he, he's able to do that with regularity. So uh, that's definitely a good thing. I, I think it's a, a great fit for him. Yeah, and it should be pointed out that Suter had outstanding numbers uh, in the minor leagues during his his rehab as well. So you know he was he was showing all the right signs that he was supposed to, um, you know, kind of getting back into form. He didn't struggle in the minors, and you know the Brewers just bring him back because he had a name. He was pretty dominant actually in the minor league. He pitched in eight games, uh, started four of those games. He uh, pitched a total of sixteen and two thirds of an inning. And he had a 0.00 ERA uh, during his minor league assignments. So that's uh, he certainly has earned. I, I mean, well, yeah, Scott, that's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly right. He uh, he gave up four hits in those 16 and two thirds innings, uh, only three walks, uh, with 25 strikeouts, which is a pretty mind blowing number for a guy like Suter, who doesn't necessarily have a ton of velocity, but he misses pitches pretty well, locate very well and is, is a very smart uh, intelligent guy on the mound so um, exciting to see uh, you know super have those results in the minors so let's hope it translates into some big league success um, looking at his, his uh, you know overall season I hate to call it lost because you know you injuries can't necessarily be avoided so I you know you'd like to just think that he can get back to where he was not even improved because he's still a pretty young guy I mean you forget because you've seen him for a few years. He's 30, but honestly, he's still got a lot of innings, I think, left in that arm just because he isn't a uh, hard thrower. He doesn't necessarily rack up the miles like some of these guys do. Yeah, absolutely. And whether or not he's, he winds up being an addition to the starting rotation or if they wind up leaving him in the bullpen, um, he's going to be able to significantly contribute to this team. I mean, we, we definitely have needs on, on both sides. So it's definitely uh, a warm welcome. And then um, I guess we should also probably get to some of the uh, bad news a little bit. Um, we designated Jeremy Jeffers, Troy Stokes Jr., and Aaron Wilkerson for assignment. Um, I yeah, and a couple of those, a couple, a couple of results have come in from that, uh, from the designations too today. Uh, maybe your interns didn't get you the the paperwork, but uh, Jeremy Jeffers has in fact been actually released today, and Aaron Wilkerson did pass through waivers on claims that he has been reassigned to AAA for the Brewers, so he's outrighted off the 40-man, but he is still within the organization. But, yeah, Jeremy Jeffers uh, off the roster is kind of incredible to see. Um, a guy like Jeffers no longer with a job in Major League Baseball, the guy who was so dominant for us last year, including, you know, down the stretch for a playoff team. Um, incredible. The guy posted a sub-2 ERA. He was an all-star last season. Um, been a longtime Brewer, I mean, in and out of the organization a few different times, but – um, made his big league debut with Milwaukee in 2010, a first round draft pick by the Brewers. It, it's, you know, clearly obviously didn't get the results he was looking for this year, but do you think the Brewers gave up on him too soon? Or do you think that there's something else to this story? Or do you think it's just because he had 
you know, bad results this year and roster spots are a commodity and the Brewers were pretty sure he wasn't going to have his option picked up. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know he was activated from the injured list, but I have a feeling that there's probably a little something else there with that injury. And I don't think, I guess I, I felt that the Brewers thought that they didn't have time um, for Jefferson right with, with respect to his arm. And I, I don't think he would have fully recovered and been able to contribute to the team this year. Um, Stearns went out and said, hey, he's got um, a $4.3 million um, option for next year that the Brewers were going to decline. They just thought that that was too much. So I think it, it's very similar to, to what we did with the Julius Gassin, just by um, letting him go now with, um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to um, negotiate with him and bring him back next year. But uh, he just was not able to help us anymore this year. You know, though, one of the differences between Chassin and Jeffers is the timing. So the Brewers let go of Jeffers, uh, I think, on September 1st. So Jeffers was unable then to latch onto another, you know, team, um, you know, for a postseason run. You know, I guess he could sign with another team for the next few weeks. But uh, because of the rules in baseball, he's he's ineligible for a postseason roster, um, even if he were to sign with a contending team here for the next, you know, four weeks. Um, whereas Chassin, he was like, oh, you know, in later August, and he's already latched on to a contract and been brought up to the Boston Red Sox. Did you find that the timing was a little bit odd on Jeffers, or maybe they knew Jeffers wasn't wanting to pitch for another team or in another organization this year, or maybe it's an injury issue? I don't know. It just seemed kind of odd with the timing. I, it struck me as being – Hey, fellas. Hey, Craig. Jeez. Craig, former executive producer Mueller is on, guys. Uh, this is exciting. Wow, this is a treat. Long, yeah. long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> yeah, that's right, man. We're talking about uh, we're it's got all uh, the interns will edit this, but uh, Craig, we're talking about Jeremy Jeffers. Uh, and, yeah, no, and I've actually been listening for a little bit here before I chimed in. Uh, no, um, yeah. I, I, as far as the, to, uh, to answer your question, Vince, as far as the timing of releasing Jeffers, I think it had everything to do with, unfortunately. With the September call-ups, um, you can call up this year still, you know, as many people as you'd like, but they thought they'd be on your 40-man roster. And uh, I think they wanted to call up some guys that uh, weren't uh, currently on their 40-man roster. So I think by getting Jeffers off the 40-man roster allowed them to make some other moves. Um, and so I, I can't believe that's probably the timing of it. And knowing that since he's injured and wasn't probably going to pitch for the Brewers again this year and they weren't going to pick up his option, he was kind of just – dead weight on, on the roster, I guess, taking up that, that weight spot on the roster. And so even if they have some interest in bringing him back, probably most likely a one-year deal next year, if, if, if they are interested at all, I, I think it still just didn't even make sense um, to release him earlier than um, September 1st. But I think they were still holding out hope that he'd, he'd come back uh, from his injury. But I think they just decided that um, – move on without him for the rest of this year so we'll see yeah yeah no Greg you might be you might be absolutely right with that and the Brewers and we haven't gotten to it yet but the Brewers did make another interesting roster move and he, he never played with the big league team but the Brewers also um, outrighted Troy Stokes Jr. off of uh, the 40 man as well and he did not pass through waivers he was actually claimed by the Detroit Tigers earlier today um, so another guy who we had talked with a bit in San Antonio this season who is uh, not going to make his big league debut, it looks like, with Milwaukee. Uh, were you guys surprised to see the move with Stokes? Um, he had 
you know, kind of struggled a little bit offensively uh, this year, but the guy did win a gold glove uh, for his, his defense last season. And he wasn't awful uh, this year in AAA. I think he was ranked as a Brewers 15th best prospect um, by Baseball America. Um, were you guys a little bit surprised by that move? Yeah, I mean, I was. I just didn't see the point of it. Um, like you said, uh, I had some hope still for Fresh to be a major league player and for someone like that to just be let go before giving a chance. I'm not a huge fan of that. I'm not sure. Um, he wasn't having the greatest of years here in um, 2019 in the minors, but like you pointed out, Vince, he, did, he was a gold glove minor leaguer last year. Um, and so I still thought he was, you know, had some more time to come around and, uh, it, obviously being put on waivers, the Detroit Tiger is the worst background in baseball, the first team, first priority on waivers and they gobble them up first. So I think if the Brewers had some kind of inclination, they might make it through waivers. I think that was an error in judgment because obviously that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. No, definitely, definitely on that. And, you know, I can just say just with the eye test that defensively he looked like he was ready to play in the big leagues. I think he was hitting 240-something or so this year. And, Scott, you can have the interns double-check on that. But, um, is, is, yeah, his minor league offensive numbers weren't the best batting average-wise. But I, I think he had a decent OBP and had shown a little power. And, and like I said, the defense seems like it was it was right there. I mean, ready to play at the big league level and, and, and better than some of the guys that are currently uh, on a major league team. So, it. That that was a little surprising from my perspective. And, you know, the Jeffers move got a lot of the attention because I think the most casual fans, of course, remember Jeremy Jeffers, and they should for, um, you know, a great season last year and being a longtime brewer and, you know, for a lot of other reasons. But I, the Stokes move actually makes less sense to me than the Jeffers move does, uh, especially given the fact that Jeffers, uh, as Scott pointed out, was, you know, kind of battling through injury since spring training this year. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it wound up being kind of a little bit of a numbers game. I mean, when you look at it, like, on, like right now, even um, looking at our our 40-man roster, I mean, we still have Braun King, Gamble, Grisham, Tyrone Taylor, and Yelich are, are all the outfielders still on our 40-man. And um, you know, to add a seven, um, it's certainly not unheard of by any means. But um, at the same time, like, where is he going to be able to play in the, in the future with – like, I don't know that there was a lot there. I think they rolled the dice and tried to get him off the 40-man, and I think uh, the Tigers snapped him up. Yeah. Um, Scott, do you want to recap the other moves that the Brewers made this week? I think we had a couple other guys that were recalled from, from AAA. Um, let's see. We selected the contract of first baseman Tyler Austin, and then we also recalled um, catcher David Frias and – Freddie Peralta and Jake Faria and Taylor Williams and um, actually just today, Corbin Burns. Yeah. Now the Burns move, I'll just go out on a limb and say that surprises me a lot. I think, you know, we've seen, and I don't know if these guys are consulting with Corbin and kind of getting his feedback as to what he prefers, but he's gone from the Brewers to AAA to the Brewers to AAA I think back to the Brewers a third time, back to AAA, then to AA, then to Arizona for some private pitching instruction, and then back to AAA where he got shelled, and now he's coming back to Milwaukee. Uh, it's been a roller coaster of a season for Corbin, and you know as we've discussed in other episodes, this is a guy that has 
uh, we've talked about for several seasons was the Brewers, uh, you know, certainly the top couple of pitching prospects in the organization, if not the top pitching prospect for the Brewers, and was very successful out of the bullpen for the Brewers in 2018. Um, Vital component last year during the playoff run, and this year has just been hit and hit really hard. Um, what do you guys make of this? Craig, what are your thoughts on, on Corbin? I know we're all fans of him, but you know, you you particularly have been talking about Corbin for a number of years. What do you what are your thoughts on all this? And are you glad to see him back? Well, as far as my thoughts my thoughts on the actual bringing him up to the majors again, I think it's just to the mere fact that he's on the forty man roster, therefore he's eligible. Um, as you know, the rules are going to be changing starting next year, where the neck appeal expands right. your roster as much as kind of like the last go around for that. And I think that uh, the organization is just going to as many hands on deck as possible here as we go into September and still having a glimmer of hope for a playoff run or something like that. And, uh, you know, so with that being said, I don't think Corbin Burns has earned his way back to the major leagues. But um, I don't know. I, I think I still have believed that Corbin Burns has talent and he's still young enough to turn around and they can correct yeah. some of the problems that were causing his issues of home runs and with giving up runs overall this year. And I think that uh, maybe this is going to just be a learning season for him and he can put it in his rear mirror and come back with a fresh start next year for the organization. Uh, unlike some of these other guys we mentioned, I think they still hold out great hopes for him and he's not going to be uh, released anytime soon, I don't think. Uh, but uh, obviously next year will be a huge year in his development and whether or not he can get back to where he was and, uh, and move on from the struggles from this year. And uh, I believe that he will and he can, or that he can and he will do those things next year. I still I still have a lot of faith in Carbon Burns and believe in his talent. Uh, but, you know, whether or not he'll have the opportunity to become or compete for a starting spot in rotation coming out of spring training next year, probably maybe not. I don't know what the Brewers' plans are yet for this offseason. But uh, if nothing else, I think that he will have the opportunity to work his way from AAA back to the major leagues at some point and help and can be a contributor for the Milwaukee Brewers in the 2020 season. So whether or not he gets utilized and is a contributor in the 2019 season, I think that he'll be regulated to the, I don't know, aforementioned mop-up role (laughs) as if like the Brewers are up or down by seven or more runs. You might see Corbin make an appearance just to maybe even just be like a confidence builder or something to uh, know that going yeah. into next season, he, he can do it at the major league level. Uh, so. and, and, Craig, and Craig, you hit on a key point that I know that we've discussed a little bit, but maybe we should get into a little bit more, I, you know, the confidence issue. Is it a mental thing with Corbin, Scott? I mean, it seems like the guy's got all the physical talent in the world, and, yeah, he could probably work on developing another pitch. But, again, this is a guy that was successful last season. He's been successful at every rung in the minor leagues. Um, is it a mental issue that he's having right now what are your thoughts what are you hearing um i think that's definitely part of it i don't think it was at first i think at first it was a mechanics issue and then um it turned into more more of a 50 50 um and now it's hard to say where it's at but no it's definitely at least partially a mental issue and i think that that's part of the reason why we brought him up i mean this is a guy who has has frankly uh, lost some of the confidence that he had going into this year and i think that this is just that a vote of confidence we all know that when Corbin Burns is good, uh, he is able to help this team. And although he has only shown flashes or glimpses of that this year, um, if he gets right, he could still help this team down the stretch. Absolutely. I think I expect that 
as Craig uh, alluded to, he'll probably be in a mop-up role and just given like an inning or two. And I wouldn't be surprised if we say, hey, you know what, let's, um, let's throw him out there just for an inning um, as opposed to like making him stretch and do two innings. Let's keep him in the bullpen. Let's um, work on – I think he's going to wind up being like 90 to 95% of his pitches is just going to be fastball slider. and We're just going to get back to developing him and into the power pitcher he can be. Yeah, uh, and that, that could very well be it. And, um, you know, I think that it remains to be determined how relevant uh, of a dream the postseason might be here in the next few weeks. I mean, we do still have a lot of games against division rivals. That being said, we, we have blown some opportunities against both the Cardinals and the Cubs in recent weeks. Um, so, you know, the math is not necessarily on our side. Uh, so, Corbin, you know, if the Brewers do fall out of contention, we might see actually quite a bit of Corbin Burns because at that point it really doesn't matter. And, getting him back on track would be a bigger priority for the organization um, perhaps. But, um, you know, if we do remain in it kind of where we're at right now and hovering around a wild card spot, we could, you know, maybe see Corbin come in, like you said, Craig, and, and sort of mop up situations. And um, yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll here, here's a question for you guys. If you, if, yeah. if you had to pick say one or two brewers that would for sure be like shoe ins for the 2020 brewer rotation, at this point, that are currently on the roster, who would you pick? Mm, good question. I mean, Woodruff leads off the list, right? He's been successful well, and healthy. Uh, yeah, not counting Woodruff, he's still on the IL, right? Yeah, but Just, yeah, yeah I, I, yeah. I guess outside of Woodruff, who else would you think uh, currently on the 2019 Brewers uh, active um, roster? Think, would would you consider I, I think, a shoe in? A shoe-in. I mean, I think that Davies is probably still a pretty good lock for the rotation for next year. I mean, he's, he's pitched, you know, fairly poorly the last month, but he did have a great first half. Um, so I would say that the Brewers are going to give Davies a pretty long leash. Uh, yeah, outside of that, I mean, we don't know if Brent Suter is going to be a starter or reliever next season. Uh, Adrian Hauser is actually pretty good as a starter, Craig. I would, I would say that Hauser might be a good bet for the rotation for next season as well. Um, Scott, what are your thoughts on that question? I hate doing this because, like, no, that's exactly what I would say. Like, um, I I would say that Zach Davies is the closest thing to a shoe-in. And then after that, Hauser and Suter, I think both – I I think that they're both better suited in the starting rotation than in the bullpen. And for that reason alone, I think that that makes them as close to a shoe-in as possible. I mean, other than that, I mean, who are you going to look at? I mean – well, I, I guess it's kind of illustrating my point that, that uh, we're kind of struggling to name even one, let alone several starting pitchers that are shooting for 2020, um, just how much in shambles our current 2019 Brewers rotation is. I mean, all the kudos in the world to Jordan Lyles and Adrian Hauser who have been pitching out of their minds almost uh, since the all-star break, in my opinion, and over their talent level most likely. But um, – yeah, because they've been kind of a saving grace for us. But, uh, and like, uh, I mean, even Zach Davies, who to me could almost be like a trade candidate if we could, you know, uh, obviously he's been pretty solid overall. But again, he was left off our postseason roster last year and he's got an up and down year this year. Is he really even a shoe in? Most likely out of the guys that will, you know, more so maybe than Chase Anderson, even, I think. Uh, but I guess my point is that. 
I don't think that there is any shoe in. So, uh, with that being said, these young guys like Frey Peralta and Carbon Burns will have, most likely will have an opportunity if the Brewers have earmarked them for potential future starters still uh, to compete for like a fourth or fifth spot, regardless of the moves the Brewers probably make, because they really, unless they sign a flurry of free agent starters that I can't totally foresee, and obviously maybe one or two. Um, there's going to be some openings for the future brewer rotations, and I, I still feel that those guys are uh, somewhat going to be in the mix, so to speak. And so I, I don't think that in spite of their up and down or poor years, that Ray Peralta or Carbon Burns have been written off by this organization. And uh, as us as brewer fans, I, I don't feel that they should be either. Uh, so I, I think that they're still young enough that hopefully that the, whatever growing pains they went through this year, they can learn from it and still be contributors. In some way, and I still feel that they both uh, make sense as starters. And even though Adrian Hauser has shown, I almost feel like Adrian Hauser is more of a would be a better reliever than. And I feel like Carbon Burns and Trey uh, Paul still have higher ceilings as starters than Adrian Hauser does. But again, it's it's hard to argue that at this time because of the results that Hauser is getting out of rotation. That's obviously a, a positive thing to see. So, you know, yeah, in. Yeah, no, go ahead, Scotty. Go ahead. I was going to say, if, if you're David Stearns, actually, and if you're Jordan Lyles and his agent, um, don't all of you think at this point that, that Lyles is, is tabbed to come back to the Brewers next year? I mean, after Stearns, you know, I, I can't even say let Jordan Lyles get away because, I, I don't know, I mean, he, he only signed, like, what, a $2 million deal, like a one-year with Pittsburgh? So it's definitely something where we could have brought him back and we didn't, and uh, we let – Wade Miley go for peanuts, and um, I, I mean, I just think that this might be a scenario where obviously Lyles did not uh, fare very well with Pittsburgh, but he's shown that he can uh, pitch really great in Milwaukee uh, now. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, ends up getting a, a contract offer. I'd like to see him back. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. To have a little bit of a veteran presence uh, this year, if we would have re-signed Lyles and Miley at the beginning of the year, it might have made a big difference. Um, and I would point out, too, that Lyles' overall numbers were not the best in Pittsburgh, but he, had, he did have a really good, solid, like, April and May. I think he had a really bad June and part of July, and then he started pitching well again with Milwaukee. So, I mean, you know, it's not like he was bad all the season. I think he had a handful of, like, four or five really bad starts, but – other than that, he's been pretty solid this year. Um, it was it was pretty solid for the Brewers last season as well. He had a three point, I think, thirty one ERA last year from from Milwaukee. Um, so I mean, certainly Lyles has at least earned consideration as being somebody that the Brewers might look at to bring back. Pretty much right before we picked him up, I remember that he had, I think, seven really bad starts in a row. Like I think he had an ERA of right. over seven, and he was zero and five in those starts and. Um, obviously Pittsburgh had just had enough at that point and uh, apparently something clicks when he comes back to Milwaukee. So not a bad thing. Right. I, I guess just the overall synopsis of um, the Brewers 2019 starting pitching is looking at all the guys and the seasons that they've had and, the, and just the pitchers that they are, I mean, how could you argue that there's nothing that they're just nothing more than a grab bag of number three to number five starters? I mean, a lot of these guys that we're mentioning probably would barely be number five starters on most current contending teams, uh, or really struggle to even make their starting five. I mean, look at Zach Davies, 
um, Chase Anderson, Jordan Lyles. Obviously, they're pitching good now. Adrian Hauser, even. A lot of these guys probably won't even be number five starters on a lot of these teams. So it's just the overall state of the Brewers' uh, starting pitching is not where you wanted it to be. And the weird thing is it didn't seem it was where you wanted it to be about this point last year either, but it did – guys like Wade Miley stepped up and it did carry us almost all the way to the World Series last year miraculously. Justine having such a great year, Wade Miley having such a great year, but I just feel like those – you know, uh, I think we we rode a hot streak of luck last year and it took us pretty far, but it was really our bullpen um, and the strength of the back of our bullpen that really did carry us in combination with those guys – um, as far as we did last year, and we're just not seeing any of that luck this year. And, and, and our bullpen is also nearly in shambles outside of Hater for the most yeah. part. And too, I mean, so. it's partially luck, but I, I think that it, the bullpen is a problem, right? So, I mean, the starting rotation, even, I mean, I kind of disagree with you, Craig, about a guy like Davies. Davies has got a 3.76 ERA on the year. I think that's good enough for most teams starting rotations, actually. But, um, I mean, point taken, I think, though, on, on the overall thing, I think that the bullpen is certainly a problem. It's certainly not where it was last year. Partially, partially that is due to injuries. You know, again, Corey Knabel, Bobby Wall, other guys at the Brewers have expected Jeremy Jeffers uh, to be filling major roles for this team. Um, haven't been able to do so this year, whether through injury or bad performances or whatever the case might be. So, yeah, it's, I, I, so my question is, is, first of all, who is available as a starting pitcher this offseason? It turns my target, but Second, you know, maybe is or is he going to focus again on the bullpen and try to rebuild that 2018 bullpen um, to to kind of bring it back up to speed to to where uh, we had hoped it would be for 2019? Or is he just going to bank on guys like Knable and Bobby Wall being healthy next year um, to to kind of come back and and maybe that's his answer? I don't know. I think the health of Corey Knable um, was a huge blow to the Brewers this year and also be a huge key to the Brewers bullpen strength in 2020 so obviously the brewer fan uh, you've got to hope that he comes back fully from that injury which most pitchers do um but uh he was a huge huge key and i think he will still be in the future if you pair him so with hater that's a pretty solid start to the back of any bullpen um and i think it's just building around that and uh not missing on guys like uh or relying on i don't know Hoping for more, I guess, from guys like Alex Claudio, because I, I think when Stearns acquired him, he really was thinking he was going to be some type of a real key left-hander in the back of our bullpen, and I don't think he's been too much more than mediocre and almost replaceable. But uh, I guess it's been an up-and-down season for him and most guys in our bullpen, but uh, it, it's just nothing like it was last year with, you know, Jeffers yeah, had an unbelievable, unbelievable year from Jeffers, like Cater, the best reliever in baseball, and Knable just being completely lights out in the second half last year as well, and into the playoffs, but... Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah so. Claudio, I mean, he's pitched in 73 games this year, and he has a 3.81 ERA, so, I mean, not great, not awful. I, I think that we're missing yeah, some of those... For this, some of those I, mean, I mean, it, for, for a reliever, yeah. usually you want to have, like, I, not that quite that high ERA. But, yeah, just I, I don't know. I guess I expect more from him. But especially no, fair, fair enough. But he, the guy, he did have a 4.48 ERA last year. So, I'm just saying he's even pitching better than last year. I, I think my point with the bullpen besides the injuries is just that 
we're also missing some of those support pieces. And, I, you know, it sounds bizarre but because they were Brewers for kind of a short amount of time. But guys like Joaquin Soria and Xavier Cedeno even, guys who pitched really well for the Brewers for the most part down the stretch in the second half last year after being acquired at the deadline, um, you know, we're kind of missing those types of guys this year. And maybe Stearns felt like Drew Pomeranz might be that type of pitcher when he acquired him at the deadline for Dubon. And Pomeranz has actually, I think, pitched fine for Milwaukee um, so far in the year. He's got a 2.63 ERA for the Brewers. So, you know, he's certainly been helpful, but I still think we're missing some of those kind of support pieces. And then the utter dominance of our, you know, kind of three guys at the end of the pen last year, I think is what's really missing where we had haters, Jeffers, Knabel in some order or fashion, depending on the week uh, for like two solid months where those guys were virtually unhittable. No, I think that's a great point, Vince. Adding in, uh, I took a kind of overlooked story of myself. Yeah, I mean, he was a former closer who put up awesome numbers for us. For him to be like the fourth person as far as that, just the depth of our and strength of our bullpen last year was just awesome. Um, and, and yeah, we we're, were missing guys like that. And uh, like you pointed out, Pomeranz is doing a decent job. But it, I mean, the depth of our bullpen and the strength is just not there this year. And of course, it, it yeah. makes it diff- more difficult on our starters and everything. It's a trickle down, you know, effect that's having. And, just not a great year for the pitching of the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And, I, you know, maybe turns us hoping that guys like Jacob Faria and Ray Black and others can kind of, you know, establish some stability in that bullpen in 2020. Um, whether that actually happens or not, I think remains to be seen, obviously. And both of those guys now, as Scott said earlier, are, are up in the major leagues. Jacob Faria was also recalled this week from San Antonio. So that's another bullpen arm that the Brewers can see a little bit better, um, you know, down the stretch here. I, he had had a brief call up at just a couple of games, I think, after being acquired from Tampa for uh, Jesus Aguiar at the deadline. So um, kind of remains to be seen what we have in him, but at least he'll get a, a chance to show what he can do at the big league level with the Brewers uh, down the stretch of the next, you know, four weeks of the season. Yep. And Scott, hey. I may have missed it at the beginning of your show, but did you guys already talk about Brent Suter's comeback? Oh, yeah. boy, did we. Um, as long as we're talking about starting pitchers for the last five seconds, um, I could list off, um, I don't know about 10 names of potential free agent starting pitchers that would be like realistic for the brewers to kind of look at. So like you're, you're like Garrett Coles, um, you know, I probably wouldn't bring up or like, you know, Ryu from the Dodgers, I probably wouldn't ring up. But if you want, I can rattle off a couple of names just to, you know, wet your palate for next year. We might as well tease our hot stove season coming up already a couple of months in advance here at the Burke Review Podcast. I'm sure we'll be mentioning all these, but go ahead and we'll rattle off some names, Scott. Okay, so um, we have uh, Shirley Sassine, <laughs> Gio Gonzalez, Wade Miley, uh, to name a few. Uh, those would be <laughs> some that I'd be really excited for. Uh, but no, I mean, it. like probably the closest that, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess Zach Wheeler's out there. We've been tied to trade for him like for the last four seasons, it seems like. But um, I mean, other than that, if you want to reach for the stars, it would be like um, Bumgarner, of course. But um, I would think more along the lines of uh, Jake Odorizzi or Kyle Gibson, Tanner Rourke, Michael Pineda, or like, you could get some really old guys and hope to get another year out of them, like uh, Adam Wainwright or uh, Rich Hill. 
Maybe like um, Homer Bailey, Brett Anderson, something like that. Hey, I didn't hear you mention Cole Hamill. <laughs> oh, Cole uh, Hamill was ripped on the Brewers before. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, I should have thrown him in I'm there joking, with like yeah. old guys that we could hope to get another year out of. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, we got Shelby – or we had Shelby Miller in our system. Maybe we could re-sign him. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you could sign Drew Smiley again, too. Why the hell not? Why not? Yeah, let's just add in a bunch more number four and five starters to uh, get everyone <laughs> excited. We somehow ran out of four or five starters this year, too. That's the worst part. Like, we loaded up on them. Like, we didn't have a clear-cut ace, and then we still went to it, but – I don't know. Um, I guess Stearns went into the year thinking that, you know, obviously with his three young guys that he'd be able to develop, um, you know, some quality starters. And then he realized that, like, wait, this is an organization that developed Ben Sheets, Giovanni Gallardo, and uh, that's pretty much it if you're talking about the 2000s. So, or the 1990s. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe, 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 maybe Jamie Navarro wants to make a comeback, guys. Yeah. Possible. Well, if you guys want to have some hope for the future of pitching, I know that the Brewers' number one draft pick of this year, Ethan Small, actually had a pretty nice season in the minor leagues. And uh, his draft, I mean, he's, he's really increased his stock. He's been pitching lights out in the minor leagues, I think only like three innings at a time, whatever. But yeah, he's he's been phenomenal. And I, I think his uh, stock is way, way up. And uh, he's a left hander. And I've actually heard people say that he has the, the closest um, mechanics. Um, or, del- or maybe this delivery slash mechanics to Clayton Kershaw than most pe- most scouts have ever seen um, since Kershaw came up. So not to overhype wow. the guy, but uh, supposedly he's got we'll some delivery. Him. So we'll just so. call him a future first, first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, no no problems, guys. <laughs> that's, no, that's awesome. <laughs> um, but no, let's, I hope, mean, let's it, hope that that's the case. I would love to see that. That would be an amazing t- feat for the Brewers as an organization to pull off and actually develop a starting pitcher. I don't know that we've done it too many times since, you know, like Teddy Higuera. So it'd be, it'd be awesome. We're long Maybe overdue, ben, I guess. Ben Sheets is my yeah, point. Ben Sheets. Yeah. Ben Sheets was the last one. I think that was really, well, maybe you'll it, but um, yeah, it'd be awesome. Um, yeah. We, so yeah, that's fine. Do we want to preview the uh, the week to come here, guys? We've got, uh, you know, the, the season is still rolling along. I just wanted to talk about the, the offseason coming up. So we are taping this after the Brewers-Houston Astros uh, split a series, one game apiece in Milwaukee. There's an off date tomorrow, and then the Brewers start a pretty crucial four-game series against the Chicago Cubs um, at Miller Park. Uh, Scott, how do you think we're going to do against the Cubs here in this four-game set? Um, you know what? Both teams are a little bit beat up right now. Um, I don't know why, but I'm going to say that we go three and one and it just reignites wow. for fever. Wow, Scott. I'm going to say we're going to four and oh, cause we have to. <laughs> All right. I'll be, I'll be the realist and say two and two. Uh, I'd like to lean towards the great one and say three and one, but just for the sake of difference, we'll, we'll say we'll split with the Cubs and the season, which has seemingly hovered around 500 or just a little above the entire year. And we win five just to lose five. 
uh, more after that to ruin any momentum. Hopefully, we kind of continue with that trend. I really hope that tomorrow night. Well, yeah, treading water at this point, Matt. I mean, imagine this. Like, let's say we do find a way to take this Cub Series at home, which is is definitely doable. Um, then we go on the road, four games um, against the Marlins. You have to. You got to get at least three there. You you have to. You cannot split. Um, and then you get a chance to hopefully get a little bit of payback with um, a three-game series uh, at Cardinals. That is going to be oh. a tough series. But then, hey, after that, guess what? All cupcakes. Four games at home against yeah, the Padres, three at home against the Pirates. And then we go on the road for three with the Reds and three at the Rockies. I mean, like you can't – Don't we get swept by the Padres this year already? I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we did. And here – here, here, here's partially the issue, Scott, is that last time that the Brewers were supposedly going to have a, you know, pretty easy, quote-unquote, you know, four or five-week stretch here in the season, the Brewers actually had, uh, had a losing record somehow, which I think was really the problem with the year. We've, we've played okay against good teams this season. It's been some of these bad teams that have really somehow managed to, to just rack up wins against us. Well, it's time for well, the redemption. What? We can lose all those go. games with the Marlins as long as we sweep the Cubs all four games and the Cardinals in all four games. I'll be somewhat pleased. So, just do all that. Right. Fair, fair enough. And Craig, did you uh, say earlier that you talked to our anonymous source, Tom Carter, about his predictions for the week? Or anonymous? No, actually, Tom he doesn't take my Carter. calls anymore. I think he might be upset at us. I'm not exactly sure why, but hmm. um, he might even block me from his phone. I'm not sure, but anyway, I'm sure. Hmm. I'll always answer Scott's calls or yours, I guess, probably. Scott, did you talk to our anonymous source, Tom Carter? Um, I did not, but I did talk to the great Dennis Khan, and um, all he said was, um, I hope we sweep those effing dirty-ass bastards and send them crying back on I-94. So, <laughs> I don't know. I mean – Probably I literally a direct quote, actually. Yeah, I know oh, he yeah. really hates Cubs fans, so – and Cubs yeah, no, players and the Cubs organization and Harry Carey. Fair. Well, fair enough. Well, Dennis Kahn is certainly not anonymous like Tom Court, Tom Carter, so uh, fair enough that we can repeat his quotes verbatim. But um, good stuff. And, uh, Scott, do you want to reach into our mailbag here and see if we've got any uh, any questions for from our, our longtime listeners? Um, let's see. I do have one here, but uh, just so you know, we only have, like, Less than three minutes left, so we'll have to do this one. Uh, pretty Way to rapid fire answer, Scott. Let's go. All right. So this one is from um, Liz C. In um, <laughs> I don't even know where she's from. Cut her hair. Uh, oh yeah, from Cudahy, Wisconsin. That's right. Um, home of uh, <laughs> Patrick Cudahy. But um, and lots of bars. She was asking, um, who do you think is going to have a better comeback? Uh, career, Brent Suter or Jimmy Nelson? Did she did she ask Craig that question specifically? I know she's a big fan of Craig. Uh, well, it does say in here like like hi everyone at the Brew Crew Review, and then it has like like lips for kiss, and then like wink, and then all, like there's like sixteen emotes. So like I I can't read those over the air. Like I just skipped it. I don't know if right, you so can that's def- that's pick a better email next time, Scott, but maybe you should fire the intern and pick that one. 
But uh, I'll just go with I'll go with Brent Suter. He's going to be one of those underdog ones, under uh, guys that has a a nice little back end of the rotation type career. He sticks around a long time and all. He's overachieved, and obviously, I think he his clubhouse presence might have been just as much uh, missed this year from the Brewers as Jimmy, or sorry, as Corey Knable's right arm in the ninth inning. And I think his intangibles are through the roof. But with that being said, uh, definitely. Still holding out great hope for Jimmy Nelson as well, but I'll, I'll go with Brent Suter. Scott? Um, even though Brent Suter doesn't have, like, I guess the raw makeup that Jimmy Nelson does, I do think that um, obviously he has the control. You did mention the clubhouse presence. I'm going to go with Brent. I mean, I really think he's going to get um, as many chances as, as any club can give him because he's, he's always willing to do whatever it, whatever it takes to help the team. All right, I'll be a little bit different. I'm going to go with Jimmy Nelson. Uh, you know, this is a guy who went healthy, who won 17 games for the Brewers a couple of seasons ago, unquestionably our ace in, in the 2017 season before a, you know, devastating injury. Um, so I'll say that the Brewers are, because of our lack of starting pitching, as Craig pointed out, will um, give Nelson a little bit more leeway as they've kind of – I think he's got a good shot of anyone else of these these – yeah, guys, for, for our 2020 rotation, is going to be wide open. So, all the best to Jimmy for sure. Yep. All right, guys, we got to wrap um, it. All right. Well, hey, guys, remember to, to to those of you listening to give us a follow on Twitter. We are Brew Crew Review One. Uh, continue to send your uh, emails to us at Brew Crew Review Podcast with an S at gmail.com. And thanks again to Liz C from beautiful Cuttahan, Wisconsin, for sending in our question that we got to on the air this week. And uh, Scott, where can people listen to our podcast? I don't know. All over the place. If you're listening to it now, you found